Could it be time to buy stocks again? Some market mavens are saying, why, yes, it is. But what do you, our friends, think? And what does Joe Salcihai think? That and so much more on this edition of Money with Friends. Welcome to the Money with Friends podcast. I am certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, host of the Financial Grown-Up podcast, coming to you from my very grown-up kitchen in the hot spot of New York City. Holy cow. And in a mm. place that's quickly becoming the spot, hot, the, the pot spot, hot spot, whatever, uh, outside Detroit, Michigan, where we make the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe Salci. Hi. This is the Money News Show that includes commentary on recent headlines and stories with thought leaders from across the financial landscape. We break those stories down into what matters to you, our friends, and we leave you with a takeaway to make it your own. If you're using this time now to get your money management under control, we've got a great tool for you. It's called Tiller Money. It's your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated every day. Only Tiller Money automatically updates spreadsheets with your daily spending, account balances, and transactions so you can track everything in one place with the greatest control. Try a free 30-day trial, and then if you buy it, you'll also get 20% off your annual subscription if you use our link, tillerhq.com forward slash MWF for money with friends. Somebody thought, Bobby, that MWF was Monday, Wednesday, Friday. But we're not Monday, Wednesday, Friday. This is a time when I'm glad we're six days a week because yes. we've never had more headlines. We've got 50 headlines to choose from and we can only choose two per sitting, one per day. Yes, absolutely. In fact, we were scheduled to be doing pre-taped shows at this time, and we are putting those aside and doing new shows uh, every day for the time being uh, because we want to keep up with the headlines because there is so much important, important stuff going on that we want to be talking about. Yeah, we will play our live shows from PodFest in Orlando just before this all hit, believe it or not. Uh, we were there. We recorded live in front of an audience that was really fun on a big stage. But uh, that will come later because those are fairly evergreen. But today we're going to talk about buying stocks. Is it time to buy? Let's see which one of our friends is going to help us kick off today's show. Just like hanging out and talking about money news. That's why I tune in with Money with Friends. All right. This headline comes from my former employer, Reuters. The headline is time to buy stocks again, market, market mavens say, uh, and the writer, this is a tough one. I, I'm going to do my best, but it's Thaya Garaju Adinaravan, and I apologize for that. BlackRock, Credit Suisse, and some other banks reckon it is time to get back into equities after markets rallied this week following massive government and central bank stimulus packages to fight fallout from the coronavirus crisis. The $2 trillion U.S. fiscal stimulus package proceeding through Congress, and, and of note, as of this taping, it has not officially um, passed through everything that it needs to pass. Um, but it has triggered big gains in global stocks, sending investors rushing to dust off models from the 2008 financial crisis to gauge the right time to buy. The Dow finished up 21% 20 from its Monday low on Thursday. And by the way, as of this taping on Friday, we are back a little bit in Friday's trading, establishing it in a bull market according to a widely used definition. It was the index's strongest th three-day percentage increase since 1931. World stocks have risen nearly 8% so far this week. And again, this is the cutoff being Thursday. And we're on track for their best weekly gain since December of 2011. They have recouped more than $5 trillion in the past couple of days. Spotting an inflection point is not easy when the coronavirus is still spreading rapidly across Europe and the United States. But BlackRock and Credit Suisse said on Thursday they had turned slightly bullish on risk assets. 
The unprecedented actions represent the type of decisive policy response we've been calling for and set the scene for an eventual economic recovery. Gene Bovin, head of the BlackRock Investment Institute, said on Thursday. World's top asset manager said the market sell-off had created significant value for long-term investors and told clients it now favored rebalancing into risk assets. Within the equity space, BlackRock said it preferred U.S. markets due to the strength of Washington's policy response and the quality of the market. Many investors are still trying to work out the right time to re-enter markets. At least one model from J.P. Morgan shows the correct time would be now, based on a view that a recession would be short-lived. Bearish, uh, bearishness remains in many corners of the market as uncertainty continues to swirl around the trajectory of the coronavirus pandemic and its potentially massive economic fallout. Some 52% of investors surveyed in American Association of Individual Investors poll had a bearish view on the U.S. stock market and the highest percentage since early 2009. The piece goes on, but I think that we can probably, Bobby, stop there because um, there's kind of a lot to unpack here. Stocks obviously uh, had a good week this week for the most part. Right now, stocks are rebounding about midday on Friday, and um, we are now down just less than 3%. The Dow Jones down 674 as we record this. So looking like, well, who knows what's going to happen the rest of the day? I won't even speculate, but, but, but what do you think here? Time to buy? Oh, I think nobody knows, but I do think it is interesting to listen to the reasoning behind the advice that these um, people are giving and to pay attention to that. And I do want to just disclose, first of all, um, because I want to talk about what JP Morgan had to say. I do have a business relationship with JP Morgan, Um, but I think the reasoning behind what they're saying based on a view that a recession would be short-lived. They think the time to put money back in the market is now. I think this is an interesting point that they're making because unlike previous recessions, this happened. um, So it's a sort of an, I don't want to say an artificial recession. I don't know what the right word is, but it wasn't caused by a natural downturn in the economy. It's caused by decisions made by our leaders to shut down all these businesses. Therefore we went to zero in many industries in terms of revenue. Therefore we had this huge unemployment jobless claims filing that is historic, that has never happened before. So you have a, it wasn't a gradual, you know, we're laying off 5%, we're laying off another 5% and so on. And in theory, if we do succeed in getting this coronavirus under control, in theory, what they may be saying, which I think does make a lot of sense, is we could see the same upward spike at some point in the future, if we can keep these businesses in a position where they can instantly rehire all of these people. And if we culturally decide as a society that we're going to go, for example, and support the restaurants and we're going to go and support all of these industries that have just been completely shut down, if we have the financial resources to do so. So there's a lot of unknowns. We may not have the means to do that. People may not feel secure enough in their own finances to suddenly go out to dinner a lot. But in terms of our our, our desire to support them as an industry, there may be this wave of support. I hope there is for some of these businesses that through no fault of their own, were just completely shut down. So it is unique. And that's why I think this JP Morgan theory does make a lot of sense. No, I totally agree. If this is short lived, people go back to living the way that they used to live. We get a nice rebound, right? Because the economy was not horrible before this. And it was look, pretty good. Our, look abs- at our, our unemployment rate. It's abs- pretty good. Absolutely. And as we've talked about before, those weren't necessarily great jobs. And could we do better? Absolutely, we could. But we were rolling along with the economy. People buying stuff, people making money, as you said, unemployment low. The, the, the big piece of this that I like, because, and when you and 
I were were getting ready for today, I I told you that I I thought there was a lot of bunk in this piece. But what's funny was I had read other pieces. I hadn't read this piece. And I'll tell you what I didn't like about other pieces, which was, you know, what one piece I saw was 14, 14 uh, market gurus say it's time to buy. And then I look at all these people and I think, how many people thought it was time to sell? Like, why am I believing this person versus somebody else? And the idea of market timing, I don't like. But there's a few key words I really like in here. Number one is when they talk, when the people from BlackRock are talking about rebalancing, right? Rebalancing in this market is a fantastic idea. So people that don't know what that's all about, it's not trying to time the market. It's not trying trying to guess the bottom. What it means is, is that let's say, and I'm going to use a really horrible asset allocation. You've got 50% of your money in stocks and 50% in bonds. Well, now bonds have held some, but stocks have gone through the floor. And so now you might be 70% stocks, 30%, or excuse me, 70% bonds, 30% stocks. Well, it's time to get back to that 50-50 mix. And what you're doing there is you're selling off what actually held its own bonds, getting that back to 50%. What are you doing with it? You're putting into stocks that are now much lower. So you're buying low automatically. And then later with bonds, in this case, you're not necessarily selling high, Bobby, but you're definitely selling something that held up a little better than your more aggressive assets did. And when you come out of this, you're going to end up with um, making sure that you are able to come out whole on a, on a sooner basis than if you just wrote it out completely. So that's a very conservative strategy. Strategy. I think it's a conservative way to look at this. It can get worse, but why not take advantage of the fact that stocks have been beaten up to rebalance your portfolio? And that is a plan that would have been already in place effectively. Good and point. you would either have an advisor who's doing that, or if you're with a robo-advisor, something automated, that would be happening automatically. And I wonder, and we generally don't necessarily recommend them because the fees can be higher, but target date funds, which I do think can be a part of a retirement fund, maybe not the whole thing because they are more expensive generally, um, target date funds are, are interesting in this mix, how yeah. they held up. I think that would be an interesting stat. We don't have that, no. but I, I, I wonder. And, well, and a good thing to have, even though they, they are yeah. generally higher fee yeah. funds because they're funds of funds. Yeah, there's a few families that do it really well. So if you have them through families like uh, Vanguard, T. Rowe Price, Fidelity, they, those are very responsible funds. But by and large, you're right, Bobby, most target date funds we don't like because they have such fees on top of fees on top of fees. But but uh, I think it's the wrong time to even, even look at those measures. I would like to see when we get back to, I don't, I don't know if there's ever such a thing as a normal market. Everybody talks about, why don't we wait till we get back to a normal market? I've been doing the Stacky Benjamin show for nine years. I don't remember any day where I'm like, well, this market seems pretty normal. You know, you just- I remember when we were talking about the Dow constantly going up by these thousand benchmark points, point benchmarks, which are sort of irrelevant. And we were talking about how irrelevant they are, but yet we did a show on it anyway right. and feeding and be, doing, being complete hypocrites about it. But nevertheless, we were saying this isn't normal to have so much of a percentage increase in such a short period of time. And yet when we have the pullback, we also think that that's not normal. So who knows? But we I, did ask our Instagram friends, and I'm going to put you on the spot here. And I think well, I'm not going to say whether I think you're going to get this right or wrong. I, I always want to cheer you on. But uh, is now a good time to be buying stocks again? We asked our Money Friends audience and the hashtag for our Instagram, for those of you who don't know, is at Money Friends Pod. The choices were, oh, yeah, and no way. What do you think our Money Friends said, Joe? 
I think that while people are afraid, I think that our audience is used to thinking contrarian, which is kind of what you have to do to be a successful investor. You have to feel the fear and then do the opposite. So I'd say we're about 60, 40, great time to buy. You are correct in terms of the direction, but it is even stronger than that. It is 89%. Oh yeah. 11% no way. I'm so not, our audience says it's a good time to buy stocks. If you, and, I guess, presumably you've got money on the sidelines. Well, and I want to talk to that because, uh, frankly, I think I think that's a little dangerous. I think that this market can be a lot dangerous. And I don't know if this is old guy comment or not, but some of these downturns can be long term. And so I wouldn't be on, oh, yeah, back the truck up. This could get worse. And the fact that this week volume of trading wasn't huge is is kind of a telltale sign that there's a lot of wait and see out there and we also know there's some bad news coming right there's there's some very bad news coming we're going to have job reports that are going to be bad um, and even though we know that's coming, we know that when that report finally hits, there's a good chance that people are going to panic more. We also know that there's going to be um, the next two weeks as the virus hits the United States much, much harder. Um, we're going to see we're going to see some ugliness uh, there from those numbers. Um, yeah, I I I think rebalancing is great. I think a general feeling of bullishness is is good and healthy, but I think back the truck up and ninety percent of people saying let's buy right now. I'm, I'm, but that's I'm, where our, well, you know, we did ask them to elaborate on their answers so we can read some of their answers. I think I sent you some, and I've got some. Um, we have, uh, let's see, Russie says the worst is still yet to come. So there you have some negativity there. Well, and but I definitely um, like what Maidberry Good said, dollar cost averaging for the win. I think I think Maidberry yeah. Good, that's that's the better way to to do this because if you're putting money in consistently, um, then I think you're not trying to play what the best day is. You're just taking advantage of the fact that the market is lower. I'll tell you this, by the way, if you're dollar cost averaging in now, now though, Bobby, and you're worried about your job, I would stop dollar co- cost averaging in, even though I think it could be an opportunity. And I would beef up that emergency fund. If your emergency fund isn't what, what it should be right now, and you're worried about your job, like a lot of people are, forget about uh, the market completely. Hmm. I'm not sure. Let me think about how I feel about that. I don't know. Maybe you lower the amount that you're dollar cost averaging in. I mean, especially many of us are dollar cost averaging in through 401k plans that are already set up. So, but if you do don't you know think how people you're should stop the, the four, do if you, you don't do you, know how you stop gonna, your 401k plan investing, if you don't know how how you're going to pay the rent tomorrow, if you don't know how you're going to pay the rent tomorrow, and you don't have an emergency fund to get you through it, and your job is shaky. <laughs> Then I'm then I'm on. I don't care what you have to do. It, let's get the yeah. emergency fund in place because right. I worry about those people. I was a guy that lived paycheck to paycheck, you know, way back in the day, and I remember um, running out of gas with my car and looking for change underneath the seat to try to get home. Wow, knowing full well that I didn't know if I'd find enough, and I found eighty-seven cents to put gas in my car and barely made it home that day. And there's people living oh that gosh. right now. So, um, yeah. <sighs> Um, let me read some more of the, so, so close to 90% of our, our, our money friends did say they thought it's a good time to buy. So let's read through a few more of their reasons. Um, we have, um, uh, sushi mousy. If it's time, if it's part of your plan, go ahead, but don't catch a falling knife because of FOMO. That's a good point. Beware yeah. of FOMO just with, 
like everything else, always beware of a FOMO. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vincent, I, I like Vincent. It's always a good time to buy stocks if you're going to hold them for a while. That's another key thing is that stocks are great for a 10-year a 10-year or longer uh, time frame. And if you've got a 10-year time frame, Bobby, looking historically, mm-hmm. you know, and this could be the first time in history that it's different, but looking historically, if you've got 10 years, the chance of you winning is uh, very good. Yeah. And we have Shane saying the market is on sale. Every dollar invested buys more than it did a month ago. Um, and Annette says, I love a good sale on something I was going to buy anyway. So they're basically staying the course with what they were planning, but feeling like they're getting in at a better point. Yeah. I like what Josh MC seven says, trust the process, buy through the ups and downs, but follow your plan. And if you don't have a plan um, and you realize now that your plan was built on sand, it's, it's as we hopefully come out of this over the next few weeks, um, time to time to put a, a plan in place for next time. That, that was what I was thinking, Bobby, when I was, when I was trying to figure out how I was going to get home that day, I said, wow. I need to have a plan next time. Next time I need yeah. to figure out a better plan. So for some of us, that's, that's the key. Uh, we do this live on YouTube. If you want to hang out with us on YouTube while we make the show, head to, uh, youtube.com forward slash money with friends. We finally have that URL. So you can go right there and uh, subscribe and you won't miss shows. But, uh, John's with us said, great calling out a phrase like normal market. It's let's go contrarians and he spelled go g-e-a-u-x which means he's probably from uh louisiana i would imagine might be an lsu fan who knows uh kevin says investors are the most bearish since 2009 he said i forget what happened in the stock market in 2009 <laughs> of course we were coming out of a pretty bad time there what's interesting kevin brings up a good point bobby 2009 we were coming out of it if you invested a bunch of money in 2009 forget about the short-term volatility in 2009 2020, even with the market down now, you're still sitting in a really good spot. Yes, absolutely. And and the truth is, after the you know run up from Monday to Thursday of what's when this comes out will be the last week, um, a lot of people aren't down all that much on a one year basis. Yeah, yeah, right. We forget the market was up very high, and I, I've talked previously about the whole concept of anchoring. If you're anchoring um, your loss from the very peak that is not going to feel good. But if you're anchoring your loss from where you put the money in, whenever that may be, you may feel better. Yeah. The uh, in Just a moment, Bobby and I are going to have our takeaways from today's uh, stock market discussion. Uh, today's show is brought to you by Tiller Money, your financial life in a spreadsheet automatically updated every day. So instead of looking at things that you can't control, looking at your budget is something that you absolutely can control while you're huddling with your family. Maybe teach the family about budgeting while you're homeschooling your kids. A great way to do that is through Tiller because of the fact that it's based on spreadsheets. Whether you use Google Sheets or Excel is up to you. They've got a whole community of people creating sheets so you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can pick the ones that you like. You can teach the family how to monitor expenses, have some fun, and get your money in under control at the same time. Tiller HQ is available uh, to check out for 30 days. You can do a 30-day free trial. And if you use our link, you can get then 20% off your subscription. It's tillerhq.com forward slash MWF. And by the way, the you might be thinking, well, Joe, it's a spreadsheet. Why don't I just get the spreadsheet? Well, the cool thing that Tiller does and really what you're paying for, besides the fact that there's this whole community and people working on on Tiller, is that every day 
your spreadsheet automatically gets updated. You just give it the link to all your bank accounts and very securely using the same systems that banks use very securely, everything goes into your, into your spreadsheet and um, they take care of all the heavy lifting so that you can nerd out to your heart's delight or be like me and just get it much quicker. Uh, Bobby, what's our takeaway today? You know, Joe, history doesn't predict the future. Don't try and time the market. But for me, and again, I, I like your point about having an emergency fund. So I'm going in the assumption that people have an emergency fund that is that they feel good about. But, you know, I do think that we should continue dollar cost averaging, especially in retirement funds, if you can afford to. Make sure you have a solid emergency fund that is not dependent on the market recovering. Um, but I would say, you know, stay the course. And, and most of us were in some kind of situation where we were dollar cost averaging, certainly retirement money. You do get those matching funds, remember? So I don't know. I don't know if we're disagreeing or not, but I, I think we should, everyone should stay the course. And by definition, because you are probably investing on a regular basis, you should be continuing that plan. I think we're going to completely agree, Bobby, because uh, beware salacious titles of articles that you read on the Internet. When I read Time to Buy Stocks Again, I thought, oh, man, let's not talk about backing the truck up and buying a bunch because this could go on for a long time. But this piece very responsibly talks about dollar cost averaging and being uh, and rebalancing and being cautiously optimistic. And there are ways to stay the course and there are ways to maybe take advantage of the downturn while avoiding the biggest mistake of all, which is trying to pick the bottom and go all in. Anybody tells you that today's the day, today is the day is the wrong attitude to have, because even if we think we can pick the day once, Bobby, study after study shows behaviorally, we mess that up. Don't try. Don't don't try. But you can dollar cost average. You can stay the course. You can rebalance your portfolio. And um, what, like mom says, make some lemons out of lemonade. Very well said, Joe. Well, it's just tag teaming off what you said because it's the same, same thing. Uh, we had an Instagram poll today. Where can people take part in that, Bobby? Our Instagram handle is at moneyfriendspod. That is also our handle on Twitter, at moneyfriendspod. You can also find out more about the show by going to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com, where you can learn about us, but also more importantly about our amazing cast of thought leaders and guest co-hosts that come through on a regular basis. We talked about stocks today, uh, unfortunately, on Monday. Well, I mean, fortunately, we're talking about it, but on Monday, we're going to talk about the unfortunate piece of this. Over 1% of the workforce already has lost their job, and there's probably more coming, Bobby. We're going to do a piece uh, asking the question, you lost your job now what? A lot of great uh, information for people looking for maybe some helplines on Monday's show. So on behalf of Bobby, I'm Joe. We'll see you back here on Monday at Money with Friends. This show is created and hosted by Joe Saul Cihai and Bobby Rebel, and is a joint venture of BRK Media LLC and Stacking Benjamins LLC, copyright 2020. Ryan Sini and Nicole Thornhill from Pro Podcast Solutions engineered this show, and Ashley Wall is the producer. For a list of the thought leaders who appear on the podcast, head to our website, moneywithfriendspodcast.com. You can also check out our schedule for upcoming recording sessions so you can join us and be a part of the show. 
As with anything, remember, you shouldn't take advice from any of us or other video or podcasts without first talking to your financial advisor and that the people in this episode are here for your and their entertainment purposes only. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and we'll see you back here next time with another episode of Money with Friends.